So from, <clears throat> from the Awakened Soul by Gabron. He who understands you is a greater kin to you than your own brother. For even your own kindred may neither understand you nor know your truth. And another one, I am ignorant of absolute truth, but I am humble before my ignorance, and therein lies my honor and my reward. <clears throat> That's a good one. Okay, wake up. <laughs> Everybody get a good rest? It's really fun because when we have a day like today, as tiring as it can be at times, it's just very rewarding because in this action of giving, you know, and, and really being of service to, to assist another, not just a person, but really is an expression of loving that if we can begin to look at even our physical actions and our expressions in the world, that if we look at them, we can begin to, through that movement of whether we're giving something to somebody or whether we're receiving something from somebody, even in the physical level, what takes place inside of us? Really, just pay attention to that. Because giving and receiving on the physical level can be one of the greatest actions by which we can begin to stir that movement of the Spirit awake inside of us. Well, I'll say, after meditation. <laughs> But everybody goes, you know, the age-old answer to the question, well, what is it? Meditate, right? Meditate. Well, you know, that's the truth. And we also talk and look at a lot of other things here. So it's good to pay attention to that because all our questions are rarely around meditation. Most of our te uh, questions are usually about that expression of who we are in the world around us, whether, again, it's giving or receiving in that way. So... It's good to take a look and pay attention to it, but not to get caught up in the doing physically, but literally just to use it as a tool to reflect back to you the inner dynamics of what's taking place inside of you as you participate in the giving and the receiving in the world around you, inwardly, outwardly. It's all just a movement of spirit, a movement of consciousness, a, an expression truly of the divine. We just often lose sight of that movement of spirit behind it all because it's a spirit that is always in movement and that gives life to this action or expression of giving and receiving. But often in this world, we do a lot of giving and receiving out of obligation or have to, or that's the rules, that's the law. This is what you need to do. And when it's something, in a sense, forced or given or put upon us to do, not out of our own free choosing, that's when there's a part of us, inside of every single one of us, that will often go into resistance, rebellion, or somehow begin to pull away from, even though we will participate in the action outwardly, not all the time, I know, but even as we participate outwardly, we'll often hold back inside because it's something we're not freely choosing to out of a natural expression of our own loving, of wanting to do it. And so that's a good thing to look at because that's where a lot of our lessons are, or as we say, our karmas, or we like to redefine the word karma and call it our stuff. That's the deal nowadays. Everybody says, oh, my stuff is up again. 
Well, what is your stuff that comes up? It's all the stuff inside because of the things we're doing that stirs it. But you see, if you can begin to realize that as these things are stirred within you, what they are are opportunities to see how you are living, how you are participating with your own life flow. Your own life flow. Yes, your life flow. Because it is your participation that is your life flow. What you do, what you express, all that is your own life flow. That as you do that, you're creating things just simply through your actions, your participation, whether it's inside or outside. Wouldn't it be nice to participate in such a way that even our physical expressions are wonderful auto-reflections of our loving that is moving within, rather than our outer expressions being one done out of resentment or fear or obligation? That's what I'm talking about. So if you're hearing what I'm saying, it's not even about the outer expression or action that we're doing. It's about the inner expression and the inner action that we're doing as we're participating out here. That's what makes all the difference. And that, within that alone, holds the key for every single soul to begin to realize what it's doing, whether it's choosing and participating in the movement of spirit to awaken to know the divine and the truth of who it is, or whether it's participating in the world and choosing to live in the illusion or the structure, or often it's been referred to as the trap or the prison, simply by our choices of how we choose to live. Not what we choose to live in outwardly, but what we choose to live inwardly, regardless of what we're doing out here. That's the key. This path of sound and light that we teach in Inner Light Ministries is a path of inner liberation, Inner liberation, the, the liberation of the soul. So it's not one that's based on anything to do with our outer actions and what we're doing in the world. It's totally based on all of our inner actions or inner choices, that inner flow in which we participate. Not even out here, in which we participate in here with the outer. And all we have to do is pay attention. It's funny because it's so simple. But we're so busy, in a sense, just reacting to our guilt and our shame and our fear and our judgment, what we think of ourselves, what we think of others, what they think of themselves, what they think of us. We're so busy being caught up in that, that that's what we're feeding. And as we feed that, we're going to just get more of that which we are feeding or participating in. But first, we've got to become aware that there's even another choice of which we can participate in too. And that choice won't even come up to our awareness until really that inner call or that inner pull begins to take place where the soul within us is now ready to have more of that greater awakening to know its divineness, its origin, its truth rather than that which it's been participating with in the illusion in the world or the outer expression. So a lot of what I'm saying is just totally inner-outer. What are we doing? 
But it gets confusing sometimes because even when we begin to look inside, we begin to confront or come up against all these other things inside that are not loving, that are not divine in nature, that are not peaceful and joyful. But you see, that resides in spirit. So we've got to bring our focus up to spirit. That's why in meditation, we raise our attention to that place of the spirit as it resides in this physical consciousness. That's why we call it the seat of the soul and the spiritual eye and the spiritual doorway because that resides up here in the upper centers of the head. Whereas we go down below, then you start going into the lower centers of the body, and that's where a lot of the mind, the emotions, the imagination, and the physical expressions and currents of energy or consciousness take place. It's like a riptide or an undertow in an ocean. If you can just see this world and the movement of spirit is a great ocean. It's often been referred to as the ocean of love and mercy. But just as in any ocean, there's many levels. You have the surface, and then as you go down deeper and deeper, it gets darker and darker. And also, in any ocean, there's, there's currents that exist, many currents on different levels. Well, looking at that as a wonderful example or symbol or idea, if you will, of a greater truth, of how these inner worlds as well as the outer worlds really work. And if you realize there's these many different currents and movements of water or consciousness, it's at any given time we are caught up in a current or more at a time. That's why we can feel pulled in so many different directions because depending on where we are in the ocean and which way the current's going. It, no wonder it gets so chaotic. All these levels of the mind, the emotions, and the body are those different depths of spirit, but then there's currents pointed every which way, even in, within each of those levels. So it often gets confusing, and we find ourselves, it's like struggling against an undertow or a riptide that is just pulling us. But if you know how it works, and then you begin to hear from others, well, when that happens, here's what you can do to get out of that undertow or rip current. And a lot of it is it's called let go, surrender and relax. So you float or rise to the surface, rise above where that undertow, that's why it's an undertow. I grew up on uh, the Great Lake, Lake Michigan, and on really stormy days, we'd go swimming because the waves were big and fun to play in there, but often it could be dangerous because you had this undertow as the waves came in on the surface, it wasn't so bad, but on that pulling out, as it went under and pulled back out, is where you could get called and pulled out to sea, so to speak. And so that happens in these life currents in this sea of life here. And a lot of us are just at the mercy of all that. That's how our lives are going. Because... We don't even know how, what's even going on to begin with. But then once we begin to discover what's going on, well, how can we begin to change it? How can we begin to rise above it or get free of that which is dragging us yet ever deeper into these more fearful or deathly type of experiences? And that's what we're doing here. We're learning what all these currents are and we're learning how we can handle them and how we can begin to 
rise above them and float up to the surface because on the surface is where we begin to find the greater freedom from all those undertoes that are pulling us into the world and the greater depths of despair or suffering or struggle or challenge, whatever you want to call it. That's just the nature of the world. It's the nature of the beast, the nature of an ocean, the nature of a great body of water. That's what it does. This world is often referred to as the lake of reflection or the sea of life or the ocean of life. And so realize these things go on. But also realize we are not powerless, that we are the victim, so to speak, to all that is taking place. But there has to be a knowing of other options. There has to be choices we can make to have new experience, to have something different than what we've been doing or experiencing. It's just the way it works. So when the time comes, even unbeknownst to our conscious awareness here, in truth, the greater spiritual action is done in the soul. The soul is that part of us that is really making the choices with God as to those currents or experiences that we're going to have. That's why we may find ourselves drawn to a pathway like this when it's time for us to begin to wake up, to begin to get greater freedom from all these currents that has been holding us under the surface and caught up in, in that drowning type of experience. Because that's often how we feel. That's often what the experience is like. But you see, it's just kind of bizarre how it works here. But often we will have life tragedy or great struggle before we finally will get free. And that freedom comes because when things are so hard and challenging, that's usually when we'll let go. That's usually when we let go. Because until then, we're trying so hard in everything we know to do to get free of it, it's usually not until we get to that place where it seems like there's nothing more we can do. So we finally give up. And usually it's not out of, yes, God, I give up. Ain't this wonderful? It's usually like, oh, my God, I give up because it's hopeless and I'm helpless. And what else is there to do? But the good news is that's still giving up. And in that giving up, it's truly now where we begin to let go of our attachment of struggling with the rip current that's pulling us out to sea. And when we quit struggling with it and thrashing about, all of a sudden when we let go, we start to float above it now. And that's all we're doing here is learning how to let go and allow ourselves to float above. But it's funny here, because there's a fine line of letting go and doing nothing, but also now letting go and doing something. It's learning how to swim also within these currents, because that's the choice we have. When we realize we have choices, then it's up to us to begin to take action to move into now that current that we want to get caught up in, that we want to bring us along. And that's why we often refer to this pathway as that river of loving. Just as why you hear us read and quote a lot of Rumi about that river of loving. It's another current. Just as there are these other currents of the world, 
There also exists within this world a current of loving. But it's up to us to find that current and up to us to choose into it, to learn how it works and to learn to swim into it. Because we realize all we have to do is get out of one current and get into the next. That's where the work is. That's what we call the inner work. It does take some effort of letting go of one and now taking up another. Because once you let go of something, well, then often there's this movement. And it's that movement now where we need to move ourselves into this new action or this new current. And once we get in that current, then the current now takes us. Then you can relax again. You can relax and allow that river current of loving to now take you. That's what we call the Holy Spirit, the audible life stream, that voice of God, the sound current, this path of light and sound. It is a path of spirit. It is a current of loving that carries the soul back to its origin, that greater ocean of loving rather than the ocean of this world. So it's learning how to do that. It's getting the information. It's getting the understanding. And then it's taking action. It's now putting that information to use, taking action with it, making an effort. And then the efforts is how we begin to let go and now let God that popular phrase. It's great to hear these phrases, let go, let God. Ooh, that sounds wonderful, but how the hell do you do it, right? That's what it boils down to. This is a how-to course. That's what we want to do here is share the how-to because without that information, we're just going to be squandering. We're going to be caught at the whims of the currents. So part of this action is learning how to also be a swimmer and often a strong swimmer because it often takes great strength to really move and stay in the current of loving because it is the most powerful current there is. And so it often takes a great strength to stay and live in that current. It's amazing. But yet it's the most simple one. It's the most natural one because it is the very essence of who we are. The soul is loving. That current, that river of loving is one and the same. It's the most natural thing for every single person here. Because in truth, we are that divine, living, loving essence. That's who we are. It's just that we've gotten simply caught up and all these other currents or movements of energy, of consciousness, of creation, of expression, of magnetism, of polarity, of duality, of reflection, all those names. It's all an amazing creation, an amazing experience. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's not evil or bad, even though we call it that. Sure, it's fine to use the words if those words help us to understand so that in the understanding we can see what we're doing or not doing and realize, oh, wow, that's what's going on. That makes sense. That's what we hope here and what we're sharing in ILM actually makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, we always encourage to ask. Get the clarity. Get the understanding. Because that's part of the effort here is seeking, asking, seeking, and knocking. Three important qualities on walking the spiritual journey. 
First we have to ask to even begin to receive, to get the information, to get the knowing, to get the understanding, to get the how-to. And then there's a seeking. Well, often we ask for something, but then it's like God goes, well, now go get up and seek it. Sitting there just in your house doing nothing ain't going to bring it to you. You've got to now begin to seek, both inwardly as well as even outwardly. There's an inner and outer movement here. It's like breathing in and out. And so often there's an alignment there. Have you noticed that in your life yet? That often that which you're seeking for inwardly, you'll often find an outer alignment in the world that's somehow to a degree, never 100%, but to some degree you may have found some type of an outer alignment with maybe certain people you hang out. Like if you come here and what we share here lines up with you, there's that, what I mean, that outer reflection. Or maybe somewhere else, whatever it is. Because that's what's stirring inside of us. And then we have this outer reflection to participate in to help us yet seek a greater understanding. And then there's this thing we call the knocking. Well, there's a door. Just like coming in this room, you had a door to walk through. If that door was locked, you'd probably knock on it to see if anybody was in here to unlock it to open the door so you could come in. It's the same thing. Just as we have the examples here, and just like when you leave today, you go out the door. Well, same thing here, the spiritual doorway here at the seat of the soul. When we go inside and begin to chant that name of God that we do, that's often referred to as the action of knocking at the door. Well, we've got to be heard. Or often it's we need to hear ourselves and then to open the door. Knock and the door shall be opened. So in other words, there's actions we have to take. There's something we have to do. We have to participate. Just like in life here, if there's something we want in life, we've got to participate to go get it, to go have the experience. It's the same thing spiritually. We have to participate in order to go get it, to have the experience. So we've got to come to this door and open the door and invite God in so that now somebody or something can come into our space as well as us to go out into that outer, inner space spiritually. It's the same thing. And it's good to look at all this in very simple ways rather than thinking it's so mystical and magical and we'll never know. You may not know it now because you haven't had the experience, but once you start doing it, you'll have experience and then you'll know it to demystify the mysteries. A lot of these pathways have been called mystery schools. Well, I like to call it the demystifying school is what we're trying to do here is to teach the mystery to unravel it. And that's what we're really doing. All these references over time, you know, to finding the buried treasure and the alchemy to turn lead to gold, all these different things are really about the journey of the soul. Finding the buried treasure, turning the lead, the physical consciousness, into gold, the golden light of the soul that is God. All these things over time. And what do we do in this human consciousness but try to always physicalize it, to make it all about the physical? 
in these great stories, just like we were jo- joking around before we started class about all those, all these stories we have, well, all these great stories or mythologies have been shared, and they haven't necessarily been about the physical journey, but really more teachings of the inner journey has given us references so that we can begin to have an idea or an understanding because much of the inner journey 